Hey, how you doing? It's Clayton here from howtodrawcomics.net and welcome to another episode of the HTDC podcast. Today, I'm joined by Death Pimerson to talk about how to take what's inside your mind and project it down onto paper. Really the greatest challenge that all of us artists have faced at one point or another along our artistic journey. So first off, Death, how you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. So... This is a problem that uh, I think we're always constantly plagued with. Like, whenever you come up with an idea or something that you want to draw, that's really the act of drawing. And is thinking of something, getting it as vividly as possible inside your mind, and then projecting it down onto the page in a way that translates what you were seeing inside your mind accurately in uh, out there in the world so that when other people look at it they get what you had inside your mind is that a good way of putting right. it death that is a good way of yeah. putting it like it's yeah I, I agree with that that is a good way of putting it do you still suffer from this um this artistic dilemma from time to time death well, as it pertains to like how i want my character to look and how i want like what pose i want him in or what i want him to be doing I've got that down, but that's, mm-hmm. you know, once you, once you learn anatomy and once you learn, you know, learn like figure drawing and stuff like that, you pretty, you pretty much, it's kind of autopilot from there. But the difficult part comes when you try to create a scene, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because that's when you, you have to incorporate everything and that's when your mind is, is, is really, when your mind is starting to build a scene and then you try to capture it on paper that's when it becomes difficult because there's so many elements that you have to have to put into play. Yeah, totally. It is interesting that you talk about like even the posing and stuff because I've got that down pretty good as well, like figure drawing in general. But then it feels like you've got that general idea inside your mind and you can get it down to the page in a general manner, but then you've got this long, drawn-out sculpting process that takes place throughout the, the rest of of the production time on that artwork that you're producing. And I feel like it's sometimes you don't even have a clear idea of what it is you want to draw inside your mind at first. You've just got that general overall uh, understanding of what it's going to be. And then the act of drawing, that refinement process, is really where you start to problem solve and try to get to that, that vision that it's supposed to be. And sometimes right. it's a surprise in that way because you're not even sure how it's supposed to look at the beginning. But uh, just through the act of, you know, fixing up the mistakes that you make along the way and, you know, refining it, rendering it, eventually it, it becomes this, this vision that you never even imagined it could be at first. Right. I, I think, like, one of the issues that people have with it... Mm especially when you're you're a young artist and you're just starting out is that you see these really beautiful elaborate pictures and in your mind you just assume that you can just start drawing on the paper and that's how it's going to turn out right so like like i don't know if you know who the artist kim kim jong-gi is yeah but like he just puts pencil or pen to paper and he just starts drawing and it just comes out yeah. I'm assuming the way he intends it to. Do you think he visualizes it beforehand? I think he does. I, like he, I, 
but I think he's really unique. You know, I, I, I think he's a 1% person. I don't think there's a, I don't even think there's a 2% of, of artists that can do what he does. He's a 1% guy. Um, I think that the reason why work in progress pictures are so popular or, you know, like videos or those speed videos showing like process is because it gives other artists the chance to look at and see that it, it doesn't all just happen, you know, like there's a process to it and you get to see it kind of taking shape. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, totally. It's, um, I, I do wonder about Kim Jong and, and other artists who seem to, because he's got this magic quality to the way he works. It's kind of like you look at what he's doing and it's like, what the hell? What kind of deal did he make with the devil to be able to draw like that? You know, it's like sorcery. And yeah. uh, it it looks to me, just in the in the way that he seems to approach the process, as though he falls into this, just this state of flow, this state of creativity where maybe he's not thinking about it as much as we think that he is. Maybe it's just kind of coming out onto the page as he's drawing it and and that's how it's forming. It's almost like forming real time, the idea itself. Kind of like how you know, you'd have a conversation like we're having here. We're not necessarily thinking too far ahead as to what we're going to say exactly, but... You know, we've got a general idea of where we're going to take the conversation. And as we talk, the conversation kind of builds itself real time. Mm -hmm. Do you get what I mean? I do. I, 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 I do get what you're saying. I don't think that's his process. I, yeah, I really yeah. think that he, you know, just through practice, mm. I really think that he's established in his mind like wow. a, a horizon line. And, and so he's got this invisible horizon line in his head mm. and i think that that's the start of his drawing so like once he establishes that horizon line he can start to build things around that horizon line if that makes sense yeah you know what i mean like he, he can kind of zigzag and wave as, as long as he knows like where that horizon line is he can kind of keep it in control and make sure that everything kind of like fits in with each other you know yeah. that's just what i think i, I don't know i could be wrong yeah, definitely. He could, I mean, for all I know, he could really be magic. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly seems that way. Uh, I I have got a bit of a, I guess, approach to, you know, for those out there who are kind of struggling with this and they're finding it difficult to get this grand idea that they've got inside their mind down onto the page. And that is, you know, when you come up with something that you're excited about and you're thinking about it and, and how cool it's going to be, it's not actually as complex or as detailed as you initially think because the mind actually can't store information at that higher level of resolution. Uh, it stores general ideas. So any images that you have inside your mind, you'll notice that it's, al it's almost symbolic in a way. Like you won't get the, uh, the texture of the materials within the, the character that you're thinking of drawing, for example. You won't see the pores on their skin. It'll be this, almost this symbolic version of the idea that you want to draw out onto the page. So right. you don't really necessarily have to worry about the details that much, even though the idea overall, it's almost like you, you want those details to be there, of course, and that's what makes it feel intimidating. But inside your mind, 
you haven't really fleshed it out to that extent just yet. So the details come later on anyway. No matter how complex your idea is, you can break it down into very simplified and fundamental drawing principles. So, you know, if you think about the mannequin model that we use for the human figure, it's a very simplified version of any characters that are going to be in the composition of the illustration that you want to create. And you talked about the horizon line before. Well, that's the most simplest establishment that you can lay down on the page for perspective and getting everything lined up with the correct depth and, and dimension that you need there. And then, you know, any buildings or background elements, they're just, you know, essentially primitive shapes, just boxes for buildings. And, you know, it, it really could be anything that you want to include within this illustration can be plotted out with very basic shapes. It could be anything. It could be a stick figure instead of a mannequin model if that's too difficult to kind of, you know, get down onto the page. But I think it's important for that initial composition to have right. a very simple structure to begin with just so that you're not overwhelming your brain and getting super freaked out and anxious about starting it in the first place. Right, I, I, mm. I completely agree. I, I honestly think uh, the moment you, you envision something in your head, right, mm. what you should be doing on the paper is, is, is establishing space, like basically giving everything its space. So it's sort of like uh, if you have two characters in the front, just do two ovals just to represent those characters. You know, like you said, totally. basic, basic principle shapes. Uh, if you have a crowd of people in the back just do like a like a little you know rectangle to represent that crowd and you know and if if there's a light post you know just put a little something in there just to represent that light post basically uh the problem that people have when they try to visualize something and put it on paper is they do things one at a time and then they they kind of mm. they try to get in the details for one thing before they move on to the next thing and uh, the key is to sort of put a place marker for everything like in its place before you move forward to those finished lines and then, you know, to the inks and progressing further and further and further. Because everything else is just like details, like you said. Yeah. You know, like, uh, uh, like a stop sign. is It's just a stop sign, you know, it, yeah. with with little detail until you start adding that detail in there to make it look the way you, you envisioned it in your mind. So yeah. that's, that's how I see it. Like it's, it's actually pretty simple when you think about it. It's, I think the, the major problem is that people jump too fast to that second step that they, when they should be really focusing on that first step first, like, mm. because you can't remember everything, right? So you, you kind of have to put it down on paper uh, at least a simplistic version of it on paper so that you can remember, you know, so that the paper reminds you of what's supposed to be there. Yeah, there is that definitely that tendency to just, you know, skip straight to the end. And I think we also have a need to really want to make sure everything is super neat in the beginning. Like, because I guess we have this vision for our drawing and, and we do picture it in its finished form to an extent before we've actually drawn it up in the first place. So we take that and we try to construct it in in the same way without actually 
understanding that there's a process behind it. It is like, you know, looking at a finished artwork by Jim Lee or, you know, you know, pick your artist and then trying to draw it line by line without understanding that there is a fundamental structure that all of it is built upon. Right. And uh, the other thing that I was thinking about as well on top of that is when you can work in this way, your brain does much, much better. Like your mind is able to process the information that it's seeing on the page and build it up bit by bit. Because you're starting broad and you're beginning general, your brain is able to kind of associate new ideas to what it is you're already starting to structure. So, you know, you're starting out simple, and by starting out simple, it's easier and easier to add to it and refine it, rather than, say, for example, you know, I have worked on artworks before where I've kind of started out by drawing a, the head of a character with very slick, clean-looking line work, and then rendering out the facial features without having placed in the body just yet. And, you know, that's a, that's a trap for a number of reasons because the character could very well be out of proportion without being able to see overall how tall the character is going to be or, you know, how it's going to be posed. And so there's a, there's a lot of components at play with just a character. And... If you've got at least an overall general idea as to how it's how the fundamental structure of it is going to be presented on the page, you can kind of add to it, like just like dressing up a mannequin in the the front of a shop window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Like, like, I, dude, you have no idea. The, the 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 major problem is when you do that. Usually, you don't notice the mistake until after you've either gotten halfway through the drawing, where it's like too late. Or you finish the drawing and you look back at it and you see it and you're like, oh man, I made the head too big or I, you know, messed up this part or messed up this part. So I, I do agree with you. Yeah, it, you definitely need to have a structure to everything, like a, basically a process. Mm. Yeah, so what's your typical approach, Death? When, so you've got an idea that you've come up with. Well, how do you come up with an idea in the first place usually? Well, like I usually do commissions. I, I, you know, I, I do pages for people sometimes, very, very rarely, because to be completely honest, like pinups pay more than pages. It's sad to wow. say that. Yeah, it is sad. But, <laughs> but like, um, interiors are hard. <laughs> they are hard. You should be getting paid a lot more for interiors than pinups. But the, the, you know, the fact is people just, they want a nice picture of, you know, of mm -hmm. a pinup as opposed to pages most of the time. Very true. Um. But for me, uh, the way that I start it is, uh, it, it, it does depend too. Like if it's a pinup, I establish what I, what I want the focus of the drawing to be. Whether it's the main character, whether it's the background, whether it's a certain area of the drawing, whatever the case may be. And then from there, I, I establish angle, I establish lighting. And, and basically, you know, uh, I just, and from there, I create the main focus, you know, mm -hmm. and then from there, I design everything so that it draws the viewer's eye to that focus. That, that's my process. Mm -hmm. So I'll utilize uh, line weights. I'll utilize uh, different shades, different, you know, like uh, solid blacks, whatever I need to to get the person's eye 
to get to where I want it to go, which is usually the main focus, which is usually the main character of the of the image, you know, or or mm. you know, the point of the picture where where I want their eye to ultimately go to. Yeah, totally. And have you always worked in that way? Was there a version of your process that was a little bit more primitive back in the day? Um, back in the day, uh, I didn't do any any structure stuff. I just started yeah. the drawing. I started finished lines. Yeah. And you know, because I, you know, when you're young, even though I read, see, here's the thing, I I did a, I've done all those like how to draw books, how to draw comics the marvel way how, how to how to how to and they all show that process but when you're young it, it's almost like you say like ah, screw that and and you just try to do it you know like without mm. the process absolutely and and when you get the false reinforcement that everyone gives you like oh this looks great you know this looks great like you don't feel the need to grow because everyone's telling you it's great and you did it did it a certain way even though it's the wrong way you know, you did it that way, and everyone says it's great. So obviously, you don't need to do it the right way. You know what I'm yeah. saying, or or the the traditional way, I guess you could say. Reinforces so that the that way was my process. That was my process at first, until eventually, I I realized like if I really want to grow, if I really want to, you know, get better, I, I really need to actually sit down and start working on the foundation. Hmm. Yeah, and and what made you realize that? Was it that the artwork you were creating wasn't coming out the way that you wanted it to, or that the mistakes you were making in it was just, you know, it made you think that if you had gotten that basic structure down first, it would have would have saved you a lot of time? Like, was there a particular point you remember that kind of caused you to change things up? Um, I think for me, it was... It's it's kind of hard to explain. Like you know, when you're younger, you mm. think you're a lot better than you actually are. <laughs> totally. You know your your eyes just aren't trained enough to really see your artwork in a in a subjective way. You just kind of think like, oh, I'm just as good as Jim Lee, right? Mm-hmm. So it what it took was I used to live in Florida, and I was a big fish in a small pond. You know I I thought I drew great which was not the case i was just okay you know I, I was probably less than okay so when i moved to california and tried to get work and started getting the constant constant rejections and people just telling me like uh you need to work on this you need to work on that you're almost there you're almost there you're almost this you're almost that but being young and not being mature enough both in like mentality and and my eyes being mature enough to see the air like someone could point out my work and say you're you know you're drawing this part of the anatomy wrong i'd look at it and i wouldn't be able to see what they were talking about just because my eyes weren't educated enough to see it so eventually you know it, it just took enough rejection and enough of me admitting to myself that that i really needed to improve you know, for me to sit down and just say like, okay, I, I need to figure this out. I need to do this the right way because I'm not getting to where I want to go. So, 
Yeah, that's right. that's really where it was at. It's it's not a moment, an exact moment, but it's it was just a realization that that maybe the process that I'm using just wasn't servicing me. Yeah, totally. It's like at the beginning, the process you were using was reinforced by you know the people around you, your friends and your family, with their compliments and you know patting you on the shoulder, telling you you're doing a good job. And then later on, in the real world. When you started showing your work to, you know, potential clients and you know, maybe companies that you wanted to apply for, it's like it's a very uh, sobering experience. And I've been there before as well, man. And it does make you reconsider everything that you've been doing up until that point because clearly it's not working, right? Right. And so, yeah. Well, Dude, uh, funny story. Like, when I moved over here to California, um, I tried to get work, and I, I, oh, it wasn't happening, and I just couldn't figure it out. And, like, one of the critiques that I finally got, um, I actually went to a signing for Jim Lee mm-hmm. and uh, a couple of other artists. I, I, won't, I won't say their names, but um, I brought my portfolio, and I asked them if they could review my work. You know, just give, give me a critique, you know? Yeah. And they just ripped me apart. I mean, they they weren't being mean, but they they were being honest. But yeah. because of because of my maturity level at the time, you know, and my ego, like I just couldn't accept it. And I was just, you know, I just it just totally totally tore me down. I, my my uh man, my ego was just done after that. <laughs> like I have no ego now because of that that moment. And, and in actuality, after that, I stopped drawing for like two years. I didn't pick up a pencil for like two years after that critique. Ouch. I was going to ask you, <laughs> did that cause What's you to, it? I was going to ask you if that, that caused you to, to want to keep on pursuing drawing and, or whether or not it drove you further, but it, it yeah, it, so you it took it a break, me, huh? it, it made me, I, I really wanted to give up. Like I, 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 I kind of did give up, you know, I just said like, this isn't working out. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe everything everyone's telling me just kind of re, like reinforces the idea that maybe it's just not for me. Maybe I really was just that big fish in a small pond. And you know, mm-hmm. I gave up for a long, long time. Actually, like now that I think about it, yeah, probably it's got to be more than two years. Now that I think about it, it's probably more along the lines of like four years, four or five years. Damn, really? Yeah, I just wow. I kind of kind of just gave it up because I just figured like what the hell I I think uh, I joined the army (laughs) oh man I said you know like I had a family to raise and and for a long time for a while I was trying to make a go of it you know like to to make it work as a a freelance artist and and all that stuff it just didn't work out and I I had to support my family somehow so I I joined the military Mm. and you know like just gave up drawing for a while and then it wasn't till yeah th- i guess that was the moment that critique was the moment now that i think about it <laughs> it yeah. just reminded me of it like that was the moment where i realized uh i had to change something and it yeah it took a four, about a four-year break and then when i came back um man i i realized i had to start from square one and, and kind of relearn everything and do it the right way so i think that was probably it that is hardcore so what what got you back into drawing after that? Did you 
just decide that, hey, you know what? Uh, like deep down somewhere, it, it hasn't really truly left you and that that passion was still kind of, you know, burning a little bit? Um, believe it or not, uh, I, I know you've heard about this many times. You're probably sick of hearing it. Mm. But um, I just was using the computer and I just stumbled upon Pencil Jack. Ah, uh, yep. Like, and that's what actually got me back into it was, was going on Pencil Jack and seeing... Because, um, you know, before then, before the internet really picked up, like, there wasn't really a community or, or a way to really interact with other artists. So you kind of felt like alone, especially when you're trying to break in and you kind of look at all these other artists that are already in and you're trying to figure out how to, how to get to that level or get to that place, you know? You, you, it really makes you feel alone. So... Mm. Once, once I found that on the internet, the pencil jack, and I saw the community and stuff like that, I just it really kind of reinvigorated me and just got me back to drawing. And uh, yeah, that's that, awesome. that's pretty much what did it. So there were like uh, there were other people in a similar situation to you start that that weren't pro, but were actually starting out on on their artistic journey, or you know they were at some point along the way. And they were just learning like you, and that kind of made it feel okay that you maybe weren't as as perfect as you thought you were back then, and gave you right. that, open that door for you to to get back into it. Right. I, like I'll, I'll be honest, I critique as harsh as it was, and as much as it kind of set me back, it's mm. probably the best thing artistically that happened to me because it really forced me to look at myself as an artist and where I was. Mm. And kind of what I needed to really change myself to make myself a better artist. So yeah, totally, man. I mean, it's it's always a, a delicate thing with critiques and and giving feedback and getting feedback because you want to receive it and do it in a way that doesn't cause someone to completely give up, right? Like. You want to make sure that if you're trying to help them and, and you're giving them feedback that you're not just crapping all over all the good points within their work, that you're, you're building those points up, but, you know, telling them what they, they could do better. Because it can be a, a very debilitating experience for to just, you know, for someone to tear apart your work and after you put so much time and love into it, especially. Right, like especially when you're young. Oh, yeah. You know. You know, when you're young, it's it's really weird. When you're young, it, I, I always tell people it's it really is a, a, a situation of, like, the maturity of the eyes. I really feel like when you're young and, and you're a newer artist, your eyes just aren't trained enough to notice mm. no, notice your own faults or or even, you know, notice other people's faults. And, and, and so, like, when you're young, you'll look at your drawing that you just drew and you'll look like a drawing from David Finch for example, mm-hmm. and, and you'll look at the two and you'll say, they look almost alike. They, they look really similar. I'm, I'm that good, yeah. you know? <laughs> but, and, you know, it, it, takes, it takes being honest with yourself and, and, and a maturity of your eyes and of your mind to, to really start to notice and say, like, okay, I'm nowhere near that level. This is what I need to do. Not mm. to get to that level, but to find my own style so that you know, so that we're, it's not necessarily comparable, but to where I want it to be. 
Yeah, totally. I think you, over time, developed this. It's an almost, I, I like to think of it as an intuition because it does seem so difficult in the beginning as someone who is trying to learn this stuff. Like your attention is on every single aspect of it and mastering that particular thing before it even feels like you can get out there and create the stuff you actually want to create. It's like a, an entire like timeline of studies before that, learning anatomy, learning proportions, making sure that all that stuff is is good to go before you jump onto the stuff that you really want to tackle as an artist. And then it gets to a point where you, over years and years and years of practice, experience and mileage, you create this, uh, it, it's almost like you don't have to think about it, and it does feel like magic. i got to say, for me sometimes, these days, I'm surprised at, at what's coming out onto the page because I'm not thinking about it a whole lot, at least not as much as I used to, and it, it almost freaks me out. It's, yeah. <laughs> uh, have you experienced that yet? Because it's something um, I've experienced this year in particular. I'm like damn whatever i'm drawing right now would have intimidated me like a year ago like i don't know how this is happening uh, for me not really because like mm. I, i'm very like analytical as far as like the process goes like yeah. you know what i mean so like nothing is really a surprise for me like mm -hmm. I, I you know if i if i intend for there to be something there you know, like that's, then I plan it out. So like, mm. as far as like drawing something and then when it's complete being like, whoa, I didn't expect this. You know, it usually doesn't happen because I, I already have so much of it planned out before I, I move to, you know, the finish lines. There you go. And is that planned out in your head or planned out in the, the basic foundations that you built on the page or both? Um, usually it, it's it's planned out in the process so like I, yeah. I don't do the thing where like i envision something in my head exactly and then like i want to get everything down on the paper exactly how i envisioned it in my head that's not how i work mm -hmm. what i'll do is like i said i'll have a focus so i'll say like okay uh, batman is my focus just as, as an example so i'll put i'll look at the paper and i'll say what is an interesting like like design for the paper or what's an interesting uh configuration i guess juxtaposition however you want to say it like and i'll i'll start to start to create the image from that so like i really focus on like light sources like shading and light sources because that's what i use copics mainly um gray tones so lighting is really important in that because you know you, you can't really rely on color mm. and stuff like that and i consciously chose not to do cross hatching Oh yeah, um, you're lucky. Because, <laughs> because I, I, I started as a Jim Lee clone, and you know I realized like eventually I'm never going to be as good as Jim Lee, and and I don't want to be seen as a Jim Lee clone anymore, so I need to do something to get away from that. So like the first thing I decided was I'm not doing any more cross hatching, right? Because mm. when you think cross hatching, when you think Jim Lee, uh, at least for me, when I think Jim Lee, I think cross hatching because oh, it's yeah. like. The Shadows. master of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah. So, like, I focus on lighting. Everyone has a different focus, you know, like, on their art. Like, like uh, I, I noticed you use, like, a good amount of shadows, really thick, strong lines. Um, mm. 
I, I focus on progressive shading. So, you know, as far as like lighting goes. So, um, so I always plan my drawings as far as like right when I start. I say like, what's the focus? Uh, where's the light source coming from? How can I best convey? How can I best make the focus stand out? Utilizing light source, utilizing, you know, other images in the picture, you know, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, but it's, it's not, it's not a, okay, this is what I have in my head. Now let me get it down on paper. That's not how I operate. Mine is, this is the focus, or this is the main thing. Now how do I make that main thing stand out from everything else? Yeah, totally. You know? Totally. It's, it's almost like you're thinking of the artwork that you're going to create on a more macro level. Right, like overall, what's, what's it going to consist of? What's the lighting going to be? What's the general composition going to be? And then working in the details and refining it from there. And right. I think, you know, why, why do people come up with that question, though, where it's like, how do I get what's in my head down onto the page? Like, I'm wondering, do they have this magnificent idea in their mind? Is it fully fleshed out inside their head? Or is it just something that they, they an idea that they generally have inside their mind and then they have a difficult time actually constructing it on the page using the, the basic fundamentals that we're kind of talking about here and then refining it from that point onward. Right. Yeah. I, I do think it's, it's a lack of process. It, it's, mm. it's a lack of understanding your, your own process. Like my process is not going to be the same as everyone else's process. Yeah. Like I know Jagatha has, or, or I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ed has his own way of drawing, you know, he, he, he has his own process, especially because ultimately his ends up being in color, whereas mine mm. doesn't. So his, his use of shading and color is going to be different from mine. His, yeah. the way he constructs his, I can tell the way he constructs his perspectives, completely different from the way I would, mm. you know? And so every, everyone's process is going to be different, but I think what happens is when artists are younger, they don't really know their process yet. So they think that when they envision something in their mind, that, that their, the process that they have at that moment is going to be able to just get that image on paper as opposed to understanding that, that you have to refine your process to get it to where you know to your, your picture to where you want it to be it's it's not it's, it's not an all-or-nothing thing you know it, it's everything is very progressive everything is very uh, gradual and I, I, don't, I think a lot of younger artists don't realize that yeah you're so spot-on about that it is like uh, it, it's a process of, of getting to know your process how you work getting to know yourself as an artist yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hundred percent, man. And that—that's something that uh, I value a lot as well as an artist is having a process that I know I can go to, regardless of the idea I have. Like the idea really doesn't matter at that point. It's like what whatever you come up with is is going to be constructed in the same manner. You might come up with a bunch of uh, tons and tons of different ideas, but the way in which you produce them will always be the same and will always be consistent, at least to an extent. You know, over time it'll evolve and it'll develop and refine itself in its own way. But, And I think that 
when you've got a solid process down, that's where the money's at. Like that's when you can take anything and and reproduce it in in a way which is consistent, which is recognizable to you as your style because really that's kind of what style is at the end of the day is uh your you know it's a product of your process right yeah yeah absolutely I, I um when i so i'm i'm a student of uh willis Bertaccio, who's an old x-men artist he he mm-hmm. currently does the agent x i think agent x covers oh, cool. i think that's what major x i'm sorry he does the covers for major x i think it's ended but uh, that's what he's doing right now but i i'm a student of his Cool. And in in the classes, when whenever we sit down and he shows me, you know his, you know his process and stuff, he only goes up to a certain point. He never draws like a finished drawing in front of me. He only draws like basically almost the skeletal structure of everything. You know, he shows me, you know, this is how you properly utilize perspective. This is how you you you, you build the skeleton and you build the person up. Uh, but he never goes beyond a certain point because he realizes, I think anyway, he realizes that beyond that point is just style, right? Yeah. It's like I point. have my own style, you have your own style, he has his own style. And, you know, you only go up to a certain point uh, because that's all that person needs at that point. And then from there, you develop your own style. So mm. I, I really think that like uh it's man i really lost my train of thought <laughs> <laughs> it's but uh yeah no i think that's a good way of putting it is yeah it, it gets to a certain point where everything else is just style you know it's it's always yeah it's interesting to think about you know where does the idea inside your mind end and the drawing begin right right you know and uh it's it is What's interesting is this this latest uh, illustration I've been working on. I'm d- drawing up a bunch of orcs, right? And, uh, you know, they've been really, really fun, but I've approached them slightly differently to how I normally would any other piece of artwork. And that is, I've got the basic mannequin modeled down, so I know where they're going to be placed and positioned on the page. I know what pose they're going to be in. But I haven't sketched out the design for them. I'm kind of doing that on the fly bit by bit. And so there's this feeling of, okay, knowing where it's going, but having a little bit of mystery ahead of me as well, because, and, and it feels, there's this creative, there's this additional level of creativity when you're kind of making it up along the way as you go, and you're not quite sure what's going to come next. And it's been something that, you know, I've had the, an opportunity to think about being someone who, like you, Death, is very structured and analytical in my approach, typically. Um, but it's almost like maybe I'm getting to a point now where it's like, hey, maybe I want to be working a bit more of a riskier way just to keep things interesting. Right. Maybe. Dude, I want to do that, too. Like, I, I like, I don't want to get stale. Like, and, and, and I will admit, like, at times it... I don't know if it's burnout or whatever, but mm. it, things do get stale. Like, like especially when you do, like tons and tons of commissions. Oh yeah. Like it, it starts to it starts to get stale. So you do start to challenge yourself by making it more difficult for yourself, even <laughs> you know, like yeah, <laughs> just like figure out ways to like change it up. You know, like figure figure. Like I, I've been I've been tossing around the idea of starting to just do things in like acrylics. You know, just yeah. 
you know, just just because I don't want it to be so so the same all the time. So I get what you're saying, like, I, you know, and especially I I don't really utilize acrylics, so it's almost like if I did, everything that comes from that would be something new, and and, and I'd probably screw up a lot, you know, but it would be something new and and unexplored. So I hear what you're saying, man. Like, yeah. Mm. Totally. It's kind of like, and it's a good thing because that's our brain's natural tendency to want to learn new things, right? Like it's always hungry for new information. And I think that when you get to know your process, as we were saying before, and you get really, really good at this thing you've been studying for this entire time, it's like the, the more you get it handled, the less engaged and entertained your mind becomes and so in order to stay motivated and like you said in order to avoid burnout it's there's got to be things there that is new and it is novel for your mind to lock onto and be entertained by and i would say creativity it as an essence is something which is engaging which is captivating it's supposed to be something which your mind can indulge in in a, in a way and if you make it super technical and almost synthetic in a way it, it with a solid process that you've done a million times before that kind of can kill the creativity in a sense and make you feel a little less inspired than maybe you once were when you were kind of struggling a little bit more Right. I absolutely agree. In fact, I, I that that's one thing I can say, like I envy about people that are just starting out or that are at a kind of earlier level is that everything is sort of being discovered. And every time they produce something new, they, they can take a lot of satisfaction out of it. You know, they can look at it and be like, like, I created this. And, you know, I discovered a new process or a new thing or, you know, like, I can tell that I'm getting better, that kind of thing. Yeah, totally, like, man. There, there's so much. In, I, I still remember what it's like. <laughs> yeah. there, there's so much enthusiasm in that. Whereas, like, when you've been doing it for a while, and you kind of know your process, and you kind of know how it's going to come out, it's, it's just sort of like, okay, I did it. Now it's done. You know, <laughs> I'll move on to the next thing. You know, like. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think you know, our, so, our mind does kind of look for natural ways just without us even noticing to make things more interesting for itself. Like, um, you know, when things do get boring and a little bit stale, we will just almost unconsciously try something new that we've never tried before just to, you know, see how we do with it. Yet at the same time, it's framed in this way where we're doing it because we want to master everything. And there's always that aspiration we all have as artists to master our skill set, But, you know, that very destination that we're heading toward, that, that point of mastery is the very thing that we want to avoid at all costs in reality so that we remain engaged, so that we remain in the game. Because it is it is like a video game. Like, you play a video game because it has a nice amount of challenge to it. And that's what makes it right. fun. Yeah, it's like solving right, a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, I'm like... I don't get the chance to do sequentials that often, uh, yeah. mainly because, you know, like I said, I do I do a decent amount of commissions, so it's like uh, most of them are pinups, most of them are, are standalone images and stuff like that. But it is getting to that point where, where I, I want a new challenge or I, I want to challenge myself. So yeah, like I, 
you know, I signed on to do like like a comic with somebody, you know, just so I can get some sequential pages in there because uh, like, you know, I I realize I don't get to do them that often, and yeah. and I'm probably not that experienced at it to be completely honest with you. I do a lot of I do a lot of images and I do a lot of covers and stuff like that, but mm. you know, pages would be a challenge. I, I don't know how often you've done pages, but it's very different from from doing pinups and, and covers and stuff like that. It's a completely different mindset. So, yeah, very much so. It is it is one of those things. Where, and my brother tells me this all the time as well. He's like Clayton. You know, it you don't understand doing sequentials is much more different to doing pinups or just, you know, one-off illustrations. And uh, I've always, like, I've done a little bit of sequentials in the past, and I haven't found it to be a huge challenge. Like, I actually uh, enjoy the process. I think the biggest thing with me for sequentials is just figuring out the composition and then... And that is fun, you know, figuring out how the, the narrative is going to read in a visual manner. I think, right. you know, you, you, once you have the skills to draw, it doesn't necessarily become about you you having this anxiety and, and worrying about whether or not you can draw what you want to draw. It's about what you're going to draw in the first place, especially when it, again, comes to those sequentials. So um, I haven't done a whole lot of sequential work. I've done some, but I'm looking forward to getting into it uh, next year, actually. I want to start uh, my first full-blown comic book and... I'm sure that I'm going to run into so so many challenges along the way with that. Well, good luck. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's, it's I, I've I've tried doing my own. It, it it is very difficult, and it, it's not even just it's not even just the technical aspects of it. It's everything else. Just staying motivated. You know, finding the time to get everything. Mm. You know, to do everything and stuff like that. It's there's so so many different things that you have to. Yeah, totally. You know, so, so what but, was the biggest challenges that you, you faced when it came to sequentials, like, on a technical level? On a technical level? Yeah. Um, one of the things I had to learn is um, how to keep, like, the, the energy the same. Like, you know, when you have, like, when I do a pinup, it's full, of, you know, usually. I try to fill it with energy and, like, motion yep. and stuff like that. And then when you go when you go to the the pages, it's it's different because you're actually drawing a lot smaller. When you think about it, you know it's, it's a big page, eleven by seventeen that you're drawing on, but in actuality, you break them up into really small panels, right? Yeah. So the level of detail, you know, you you have to try to keep it consistent. You know, like when you when you go smaller, you know, I I use a regular pencil, so it's like I don't use like a mechanical pencil or anything like that. So like the details are very very difficult for me to get in there. Um, uh, one of the things that I, lear I learned the hard way is uh, making sure that I leave enough space for word bubbles. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't learn. I, I learned that the hard way because I, I didn't succeed in that. I was, it was very frustrating. Totally. But um, I, I think it's basically keeping the quality the same. Yeah. Uh, usually, you know, like when I do a pinup, there's a certain quality to it. But when I do pages, the quality at times drops because it's it's like anything else, you know, like I, I'm less experienced at it. So, like, it, it doesn't come naturally. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Now, I fell into that trap as well with the speech bubbles and not leaving enough room for dialogue. 
And uh, it was just something that I completely did not think about whatsoever until uh, I realized, of course, that there needed to be some room there. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, it's, um, it is something that I'm looking forward to. And I, I love watching movies. So for me, when I approach sequentials, the few times that I have, I've always like played out the scene that I'm about to break up into panels like a movie. And, uh, and I do have this passion for film in a, in a sense. So I think maybe that's the, the only edge I have when it comes to sequentials and, and why I might be able to, to click over into the mindset I need to be in to, to pull them off effectively a little bit easier right. than, than maybe most pinup artists who have only really only ever worked in that particular way before. Right. But, you know, time will tell. It'll be an interesting uh, challenge, that's for sure. And, and also for you as well. So you've actually jumped onto a comic book and, and you, you're going to be doing sequentials for it. Yes. I don't want to say what it is yet because if it doesn't pan out, yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to have already. announced something and then like five years from now it never happened. But uh, yes, I'm working with somebody, you know, by, you know, as a commission. Like, you know, he, he's hired me to, to do his vision. So I'm basically, you know, of the draftsman for his vision. That's awesome. So man. we'll see how it comes out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, totally. But I guess you know that that the topic of today's episode just goes to a whole new level when you're talking sequentials because, as you said, every panel kind of has its own composition. It's a it's a miniature pinup in and of itself uh, to an extent, and somehow you have to not only visualize how each one of those individual panels are going to look but also how they're going to look as a whole, you know, how they're going to, how one is going to tie into the next. Right. And, and that flow that needs to be there. It's something that, uh, I think if you have difficulty visualizing what you want for a pinup and getting that out, down onto the page, just wait until you jump into those sequentials. Cause that is a whole uh, yeah, other level. Even, even like I've already seen, you know, I've, I've seen, he sent me some of the script and stuff like that and I've, I've worked with some other people before mm. and you know like one of the difficult things is as an artist uh, trying to interpret what the writer has written down and you know there are times when the writers usually you know when it's commissioned mm. um, the writers are usually less experienced you know they're, they're hiring you know less experienced artists you know and so a lot of times younger writers get really wordy yeah right. you know they, they they get really wordy and, and they they'll have like nine panels with like you know like like tons and tons of dialogue but they want you to like do tons of stuff in each panel you know like so mm -hmm. you got to tell them like look dude you can't have this much <laughs> dialogue if you expect this much stuff to be going on you know like so things like that, you know, like yeah, it take it, you know, it takes a little bit of getting used to, but you you have to have that communication to where you can kind of explain to him, you know, people, you know, well maybe we can do this, maybe we can do that, you know, maybe I can reduce it from nine panels to six panels, and we can just do this and this and this and stuff like that. Yeah, and then you're kind of taking what they're visualizing inside their mind, and you're building it for them <laughs> as, as best you can. <laughs> Yeah, but but you have to, you know, because yeah. like like I said, when the, when the writers are less experienced, 
you know, they they see, they don't see the visual so much as they see the word. So like for them, they're trying to just get their words across, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, you as the artist, you see things in terms of the visual. So it's almost like, you know, two different spectrums that have to kind of meet in the middle, like when you're working with the writer. So, yeah. you know, the, that's that's what usually occurs. I, I've never had it where, you know, I've, I've worked with somebody that, you know, where they completely understood, you know, that the process. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, man. It's um, <clears throat> It is one of these difficult things about working with other people that uh, I certainly... Uh, don't miss having only worked for myself pretty much, um, you know, this year. But there's been a few clients, and luckily those clients are fairly brief in their description of what they want, and they like what I do. You know, <laughs> that's kind of when you it's when you reach the sweet spot as an artist when you you've found a client that loves what you do, and they don't try to control uh, what you do so much. And I find that can be quite liberating when it works out well um when it doesn't work out well is when they give you a very brief description of what they want and you're just not hitting the mark for them so then you're flying blind and uh that can really suck big time but yeah man it's see i'm 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 actually the, the opposite where i like things to be very very like not not detailed per se but it's it's sort of like like I'm the draftsman, and you're the you're the you're the guy with the vision, and I want you to tell me exactly what you want, right? Mm-hmm. If it's too much, then I can scale it back. I can say like, hey, you know, that's too much. Maybe you can reduce it down to this, and you know, kind of meet in the middle. But for me, I, I don't like having a lot of um, a lot of space to to mm-hmm. just kind of like free roam in my mind. Uh, I, I really like to be kind of like instructed. Yeah, but that's just me. That's just you know, I, that's that's just kind of artist that I am. I, I I usually don't like for people to just say, "Oh, just go to town." You know, or mm-hmm. like if I do a, like a commission for someone, um, and it's a bigger commission, you know, I'll yeah. I'll usually ask them like, "What well, what do you want? Like, what you know, is there anything exact on here that you want? Anything specific?" And you know, to me, when they say like, "Oh, just draw this," you know, usually I I'm not really uh, I don't like that as much as I would if they just said, I want this and I want this and I want this and I want this. And, you know, from there I can try to give them what they want. Mm-hmm. And if I can't, I'll, I'll like break it. I'll try to scale it back. But that's my process when I, whenever I work with other people. Yeah, that can be really tough. I, I understand exactly what you're saying there, especially if um, it is a client that that knows doesn't necessarily know what they want, but definitely knows what they don't want. And right. so that's when you end up with, um, yeah, big problems. And when a, a very in-depth description is going to help you out big time as the artist, because then you've got something to work with. So it is hard, because sometimes a client, as I said, they don't have a proper vision inside their mind. Like, we, we are kind of used to that death, right? Like, we are used to thinking of ideas and and having an image inside our mind that we want to recreate out in the open and put out to the world. But, uh, you know, the the average person who's not an artist isn't that well-versed in being able to do that. And so even if they have got something in their mind, 
that they they want drawn by you it's it's probably even more difficult for them to articulate that you know in a way that's uh that they that's going to make sense to them and you so right yeah i agree yeah man but uh that pretty much wraps up our episode today man we've we've hit an hour so i'll uh yeah hey, man thank you very much dude i i, I hope i didn't like wander off too much into different subjects like, no not at all it's been great i think it's like, that makes the podcast better man yeah but it, it, was, it was good talking to you man like i i really enjoy doing these podcasts and you've done several that just didn't work out for yeah. whatever reason so I, I really enjoy this unfortunately yeah it's um it's always a pleasure having you on death but uh hopefully you know the this particular episode came out the the way we hope it hope it will and uh yeah we'll definitely have you back again man it'll be awesome to you've always got some pearls of wisdom to share so uh yeah no yeah no problem and you know i just want to say for all those people out there yep at least this is my experience usually you don't get a hundred percent of what's in your mind on the paper usually uh, to me like from what from my experience it's like you can get usually around like a 90 to 95 percent you know kind of thing mm. um you know because because there's always elements in your mind that you see that just don't pan out on paper you know it, like like think, like think say you have like a pose in your head and you're like oh man this pose is freaking awesome and then, you know you put it down on paper and then when you see it on paper it's just like oh god that didn't look the way it looked in my head you know even though it's the same pose it just doesn't look right on paper so you end up changing it you know yeah you know you, you may like you said you may stumble across like a, a happy accident that that makes the drawing that much better you know but usually it's not 100 percent. usually it's around 90 95 percent or something like that so if people aren't getting it 100 percent, how they envision in their head don't feel bad because it usually doesn't happen Totally, man. And to add to that, sometimes it, it comes out better than, than what was in your head anyway. So dwelling what you have inside on what you have inside your mind too much and, and really trying to force your art to meet those expectations sometimes isn't the best idea because it really it gives you a place to start. That's what I would say. Is Your ideas initially inside your mind gives you a place to start, a place that you can roll the ball from. But once that ball starts rolling and it starts to take on a life of its own, then it's, uh, you know, your only job then is is to produce it, to take it one line at a time until it's going to be whatever it's going to be. Right. Yeah, so, I agree, 100%. All right, awesome. Well, Death, it's a pleasure as always. And for everyone out there who has tuned in once again to the HTDC podcast, thanks so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. Until next time, keep on creating, keep on practicing, and we'll see you in the next episode.